Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Can It Talk, actually our last of the year. Uh, I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. Compliment of the season to everybody. Um, Arsenal take on Norwich, and then um, Wolves game postponed due to COVID, and then we take on we discuss the game at the Emirates against Manchester City. Yeah, so uh, can I just game at Carroll Road? Um, the way I saw this game was, uh, you know, to get three points on the board and also boost the goal difference. Um, the one change from the last league match was Tom Yasu being replaced by Rob Holding, who then slotted in the <clears throat> right centre-back position with Ben White switching to right-back. Yeah, I know. It is a bit of a, you know, a, a weird one seeing that Ben White moving to the right-hand side of defence, but... I think it was you or someone who mentioned initially, you know, when we signed him, that they've seen him play, was it for England or Brighton at times, you know, filling in on the right-hand side. I mean, he is quite a versatile player because, I mean, he does play also holding midfielder if, you know, push comes to shove. And he's also quite comfortable playing the left side of the central defence. So, you know, it's good to have somebody like that in that position. Um, with regards to the team, you know, both teams actually, I mean, with us, it's more a case of, uh, you know, the sort of morale Arsenal were flying on at the moment, like, you know, positive in position-wise and mindset of the team in general. I mean, we're not that, you know, touch wood, not that badly affected <laughs> with COVID. Uh, yeah, you know, please touch wood after that comment. Yes. So, I mean, uh, of course, we have now, like what we found out later, they have lost now Arteta uh, uh, now for the City game coming up. Oh, that's and, such a pity. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he would have been a Massive presence there because I think that, you know, he's slowly starting to, you know, show his, his worth in this team. Yeah, because, I mean, I think also the mindset, uh, you know, especially now just ending up back to the game. Uh, you know, we are on a you know, good run now. It's like five games in League and Cup uh, unbeaten. Uh, it's like also a winning run. So, I mean, I think that sort of thing with momentum also now, you know, building with every game. So, uh, you know, onto the game. Uh, of, you know, I think we start already with positive foot because I think we also not start to set more of a marker now when we start in games. And I think there's something you and I have been always on about for a while. It's also like, you know, starting a game very positive, starting on the front foot and not, like, not really giving the opponent, you know, that, that space to breathe, that, 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 almost like that sort of opportunity to even attack. So you're holding everybody at bay. No, that's, that's 100% true. And I think, you know, you can see the difference what happens if you start a game with it on the front foot, you know, because you're leaving sometimes things to chance if you, you know, try to play a bit of a sparring game at first. And, you know, Arsenal being what, what the way we ranked, I think, was the fourth spot or, or something like that, if you took, take into our first half results into consideration. So it shows that, you know, on the one hand, we may be slow starters, but when we do click into gear, we can be quite devastating as well. Yeah. Then in the sixth minute, after great Arsenal build up, you know, as a unit, because uh, I think he and Tierney actually started the whole move. Odegaard then ends up freeing up Saka, who, you know, coolly slots the ball. I mean, for me, it almost like seeing a, a training ground goal. But I mean, he ends up just easing the ball past Angus Gunn in the uh, Norwich goal, one Arsenal. Yeah, I know. It was quite early on. I, I, I was still quite shocked to see that we, we, we were already on the scoreboard so early on. And I think it was always going to be uphill. Um, so, um, to Norwich from here on, and, and and I think you know you and I have always spoken about now complaining the goals need to come from you know out wide. We can't just have it coming from the attacker. But I mean now we're doing that now. The goals have been completely spread all over the show. 
Yeah, and I mean, for me, it was also a joy to watch in the 18th minute also where Arsenal went out just, you know, free-flowing football, pinging the ball around. And it, it's not like you're watching a team where, you know, almost like what they normally would say, the shackles are off. Because, I mean, it, it, you can see that positivity. It's not like oozing out as they're playing. And, I mean, they, they were like doing like little triangles. Even the, the they were alternating between that and the route one ball. And what I was also enjoying, it wasn't just... Uh, you know, expecting because I think at times with the sort of high press that Norwich were trying or uh, attempting to, you know, put us under pressure, the likes of Ramsdale was just hitting the ball long, and, and I mean, more often than not, he was picking out the players he was targeting, whether it was uh, like a, a, that, you know, that flat crossfield shot, uh, pass, or even one of that, you know, the, the real route one sort of passes. It was every time hitting the mark, and I mean, it's I mean, it's uh, becoming almost like a joy to watch. You know, I agree with you 110% there. And it's like Odegaard almost, you know, after, you know, he kind of gave him a bit of stick. You know, if you had to ask, you know, we want Emil Smith-Rowe over him in the team. All of a sudden now Odegaard, you know, he's, he's putting goals away and also creating goals in the same breath. Yeah, I mean, he's now, you know, playing in sort of freedom that, you know, he didn't seem get that much opportunity at Real Madrid. But, I mean, look, I watched his campaign at, at um, Sociedad. And I mean, he was, you know, just like caressing the ball throughout the team, getting, you know, just keeping the, the, the passing movement, ticking over of the team. And I mean, he was clocking up crazy stats associated with, uh, you know, passing and, and, and assists as well. So, I mean, a, a real joy to watch. Then uh, on just, you know, I think a minute before uh, the halftime break, Arsenal again surging forward, you know, really eating Norwich on the attack. And, you know, the ball ends up again breaking to... Kiritini, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was Odegaard again that released Yeah, it was Odegaard. It was Odegaard who released him. Yeah, and then I mean, Kiritini just collects the ball, tees it, everything up perfectly, and he just smashes the ball past the keeper. 2 0 Arsenal going to half time. And it seems like, you know, um, um, Odegaard as well, just making everything tick at the moment. You know, everything's going through him. He's setting up chances, creating goals, looking for passes, creating space. You know, he's even allowing Thomas Party a bit more of a kind of an option when he gets the ball to, to lay it off to him. He always makes some space. So Party's game all of a sudden looks better with Xhaka again next to him as well with Odegaard. So... You know, like you said, 2 0 going into halftime. And I think, you know, all Gunners um, really happy after having a good Christmas lunch the day before. But I mean, I don't know if you've also noticed. I mean, I think it's also something, see, you know, what something that Arteta has really worked on with the team. But when that passing and movement flow goes forward, it's almost like we always have like that extra man on the overlap. Whether it's, I mean, we've now played Norwich, we've played even, like, you know, with West Ham some weeks back, even. You're always seeing that extra man, and it's almost like causing all sorts of chaos at the moment. And I mean, look, I'm not saying it, uh, it's going to be, you know, as simple, say, when we come up to the Man City game, uh, previewing it later on. But I mean, I, it's like, for me, it's not like not only the team are peaking now at a decent time when the games are coming thick and fast, but you're also like, you know, seeing things like the matches of way quicker also, or we might not, you know, see it off, but the, the control is there throughout. So it's not like, uh, they're playing, you know, with a, with a sort of stranglehold on the opponent. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, like you said, you know, to look at us in the start of the season to where we are now, it's it's really been a, a upward trend, strength after strength. I mean, if you had to be told now that, you know, Arsenal would be where they are now after 
after Christmas and and the way we started off against Brentford, you know, we'd have we'd have put our hand off for that. And it just shows you, you know, at the moment the difference, you know, not having a bumming in the team is making it it's mm. shocking, it's sad, but you know, this guy was this guy was the player for us for probably the last, you know, since his arrival in twenty eighteen. And it's just, you know, the team looks so much better without him at the moment. And it's only like as as much as we're now also trying to distance ourselves from uh, you know fifth onwards. It's almost like we're getting now also to a point where uh, you know teams that are third and fourth are now starting to look into the rearview mirror and think, okay, oh, sorry, second and third, or something to look in the rearview mirror and think, okay, hang on a minute, Arsenal now slowly starting to chip away. Because I remember I told you a while back when I said well, this whole thing about the point story where having the points in the bag or games in end. So it's almost like starting to show itself, especially in this past week now. It's not a guarantee. You know, you got the games in the bag, like or games in end. But I mean, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get, because I mean, the pressure is really on the likes of Spurs, the likes of Man United, even Chelsea now all of a sudden. we You have to start getting a sort of run going, like of, you know, say three or four, or even five wins in a row, just to sort of relieve the pressure. And, and I mean, the way Arsenal are kind of chipping away in a very professional way, also, the way they, they're seeing the games out at the moment is just like looking like a real professional outfit now. Yeah, I know, 100%. And, and it's true what you're saying at the moment. You know, it's uh, it's just chipping away, chipping away. And you're just seeing Liverpool and Chelsea, you know, dropping points with Liverpool also losing Mane and Salah. I know we will lose Pate as well, you know, and he's just getting some kind of form. But, you know, Salah and, and Mane going, it's going to be a big loss for, for the likes of Liverpool because... You know, Salah and Mane are the guys that, you know, Mane not so much this season, but Salah has been, you know, top scorer in the Premier League and they're going to feel him. And them and Chelsea lock on to the weekend. I mean, I know we take on City as well, but I mean, you know, Arsenal are are capable of, of, of thinking few results. And I mean, even though we dropped points against Everton and United, you know, it's, it's how we bounced back, actually. And that's what you have to look back at. You know, we, I'm sure... Most teams, if you tell them, you know, go lose two games and you win, you know, five, six on the trot, you take that because it's that point that that, that all racks up. Like, I mean, I can't, like, sometimes I have to like, pinch myself when you see the sort of, uh, you know, the, 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 almost like not only man management, but you can actually see now somebody like Party and Jacques. Okay, look, sometimes Jacques does have his, uh, you know, that, that rage moments. But I mean, other than that, the control is there. You can see that, 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 and it just shows you when you start having a more stable, uh, hold, you know, holding mid pair that yeah. actually shields that that guys in front of you. And and also the other thing that it's also a big bonus was goals are starting to spring up also now from all over the pitch now. And, and this is something that we've been lacking for easily. I mean, you can say even like five or seven years already now. We it's either the midfield that was on a decent run. But the strikers are not for performing. Or other times, yeah, the the forwards performing, but you're getting like zero, little to nothing from the midfield. Because look at that at Smith Rowe. This is the other night where he's like improved. Was it last season or the season before? Uh, uh, Telly, the way he's not clocking in goals and 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 even assists as well. Yeah, I know Smith Rowe is a a beast at the moment in front of the colours. I don't know. It's just like this team is slowly starting to click and. If you can just keep these guys together, and you know, and maybe add another 
a lethal forward to the to the yeah. group. I mean, you could see really something special with this guy. I mean, you know, like I said, he's doing the business now. I mean, he, he, he's probably a reason why we're getting so much goals from the midfield because he is allowing people to link in, get in behind, and and you know, it's 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 a real team effort at the moment. It's not just you know get the ball to a Bamiang and let him run. I mean, look, I think we mentioned it last week also when we were discussing the matches where, where Martinelli has been performed. You know, actually now I have finally a player on the left that is going to run that is hungry as someone like Bukayo Saka on the right-hand side. And now you've got, like I said, I mean, for me at times when I watch him, I don't know how you see it or our listeners, Yire uh, reminds me almost like as a false nine at the moment because yeah. he's been... Not too deep, not that sort of deep way you and I used to get ourselves worked up for him, but he's getting almost like he'll get the ball on, and then it's not like he got the runners left and right of him, and he can now randomly pick. And then, of course, with him in that position, you've got almost like Odegaard playing as almost like a very, very advanced roaming role again, where he can search forward as well. So, all of a sudden, you always see there's a, a man free, or like especially that uh, attacking five that, that plays for Arsenal. You always see this sort of, is a, like this man is extra, that man is extra. So they're not knowing how to jostle, and, and no, there's not too much, uh, you know, being static in, in the team now. Everything is, you know, just work. I mean, of course, you want to compare Arsenal always to uh, four, like, you know, former Arsenal teams and it. But for me, at times, it reminds me of watching Liverpool even in their pomp with that pass and movement where, like, you actually wonder, are they really playing with 11 men on the field? Yeah, no, definitely. It's as it's devastating brand of football, and I, I think like you mentioned also, um, but earlier with, with sorting out that your your two holding midfielders, it, it kind of gives that solidarity in the team. You know, solidarity. Sorry, where where you have those guys just kind of protecting, and you're allowing your forward guys to do their business. Also, you know, talking about Martinelli, he reminds me of that. I'm not saying exactly like him, but Alexis, Alexis Sanchez. You know, yeah. that's the way his movement. He's always busy. He's a busy player. He's not, you know, static. He's always doing things on the field. So, you know, uh, I think we have a player on our hands there as well. Yeah. Very impressive. Then, second half, um, you know, Arsenal goes through this sort of phase where we do get a bit sloppy. I mean, we actually managed to, you know, react, you know, kind of bring things together again. Because, um, I mean, Norwich will also suddenly get a bit more adventurous. You know, seeing that all oh, we almost like kind of sitting, but it's something that I mentioned. I think it was at last week's podcast where I said it's not like Arsenal also for certain periods they will give up possession, but they're not going to give up where you can have you know free reign at the box or the the goal. But it's not like to let you play to get you know give the team also a bit of uh, you know like a sort of mind game you know confidence booster. And then it's like when they start getting adventurous, they start getting a, a, almost like a bit too casual and that. Start leaving a bit more space and then bang Arsenal again back on the front foot. And 67 minutes, Saka ends up making a 3 0, cutting inside, decides to take on another player after then, just ends up smashing the ball low past the keeper. 3 0 Arsenal. Yeah, 3 0 Arsenal. And, and you know, we, we've been complaining about that goal difference. And, and I think you know, that 3 0 added to it. It seemed like they've been listening to our complaints all the time. But, you know, 3 0 to Arsenal, 67 minutes, you know, you kind of flying high at the moment, you know, getting a positive result, you know, going Sunderland as well, you know, previously, it's like all high flying at the moment, banging three goals. And I think if they refer to be fully blowing full time, I think you and I would have been satisfied with scoring three goals. Yeah. Then in the space of about seven minutes, 
also end up making three substitutions. First, El Nini coming on for Thomas Party, Pepe coming on for Saka, and Smithero coming on uh, for Martinelli. Then uh, 84th minute, the ball breaks for Lacazette in the penalty box. Very clever striker play by him. He ends up, I mean, I think he knows the guys like Brino breathing behind his back, and he just ends up shifting the ball a bit forward and gets absolutely clattered by the defender. Arsenal get the penalty, and he slots the goal in. It's about time we scored our penalties. We've been really wasteful in our penalties. It's almost like we don't have that, you know, penalty taker. You know, when, when Chelsea gets the penalty, Jorginho is going to go step up. When, um, you know, Liverpool gets the penalty, um, Salah steps up. At the moment, it's still, you know, Aubameyang, Aubameyang is out now, like I said. But we need that guy that, you know, no matter what the situation, is going to go pick up the ball. No, but I, I just think also with, with regards to the penalty stuff, I think Lacazette is a number one penalty taker, like in my book. And I just think he got a bit too cocky in that, that West Ham game because that was a total, that you don't normally take his penalty. That, that penalty you saw yeah. him take the other day now against with the Norwich game, that is normally his stock standard penalty. That's how he's set up people like Loris and them all, the way he steps up. Because it's like the minute he starts pulling his foot back, he's already watching and the keeper's on to... It's almost like he delays that thing so much. The goalie has to start, you know, shifting weight one one side to the other. And I mean, that's when he just plays it in the opposite direction. Yeah, no, 100%. I think um, he, his penalties for most part have been always prolific between him and, and, and um, Bamiyang even. Yeah, because I mean, I always like his technique because for me, with... with uh, with with uh, like uh, sorry, like, with Aubameyang, it reminds me a lot of the way you know Rashford does his little penalty starts like you know approaching the ball at a, I mean in my opinion a really weird angle, and I mean it's more like it kind of sit the closer you get to the ball it ends up you almost like end up choking yourself the way you, you know from an angle perspective because I I'm I mean maybe call me old school but I like that straight walk up and then you just angle your foot whichever way you want to place the ball. Yeah, I know. I'm also old school like that. Yeah. So, yeah, then we move on to the Arsenal-Wolves game, which was, of course, cancelled. So, so I, I, I think you forgot about one moment after the Lucky Red slotting the penalty. You know, we had a little super sub um, coming on also. Oh, yeah. To, I you know, when, when he came on the field, you know, I just was thinking to myself, I really want this guy to score again to keep it up. But I mean, you have four substitute appearances and four goals for Emil Smith Rowe in the Premier League. I mean, completing the route to make it a rugby score, 5 0 Arsenal. And I mean, for me, it's like he's got this sort of. But look, we, look, he's almost like our secret weapon now from the bench. And I mean, he's not even started a game yet. And I mean, you also know what sort of effect he has when he does. Uh, you know, start a game, he's very influential. He always sees that he, you know, he's the type of player that. I think they mentioned the last season, or even that when he made the break, break the season for Arsenal, where they said he's somebody that's always like trying to ask for the ball or you know show that he's available. And I and I think that's where it's like you know a straight shootout between him and Odegaard for that slot because Odegaard is also you know growing more into the role now. He's almost like look at us now. He was playing second fiddle. You and I were talking of you know can he now force his way back? He ended up getting it because I think that was that time where. Smith Rowe had also, you know, was getting very fatigued, like with with uh, yeah, you know, to play yeah. the games, cramping up a lot. So I think Smith Rowe has now adjusted that side of his game. But now it's almost like, how can he now, you know, like depose 
Oh the God again, because now it's not like you have to sway you, you know, weigh your options now. And I'm, I'm actually liking that because it's bringing us a sort of more combative. Look, you got still team morale on an all time high, but you also now have that, you know, can I force my way past you in this team? And, and I'm actually liking that because it, it also brings a a better almost like a sort of attitude in the team as well when you have that sort of competitiveness for a position. No, I think it's what we've been missing for a very long time. For too long, I think players were just given a plate. I think everything's up for grabs now. And I think if you can show a tetter, you're worthy of a spot, you'll get your spot. I mean, for me also, what, what surprised me, I mean, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, seeing Ben White looking that comfortable at the right back, because I really thought, uh, like, this was not my mindset going into the game. Uh, look, you see him sometimes with the ball, but he's almost like somebody just walks with the ball, you know, when he starts eating up. Uh, territory when we when he ventures forward, but I mean to actually see playing the sort of right back position where he, you know he's shifting the ball past people and then sprinting and it. So I mean for me it impressed me. I mean I didn't know like I did see that time where where he did make a few cock ups in the game where Arteta had to pull him aside to, to explain to him look you're gonna have to be also a bit more responsible with the ball because you like kind of just giving the ball away casually. So, I mean, he did seem alter his game somewhat when after that talk with Arteta. But, I mean, for me, also another, you know, joy to watch. Yeah, I know. I think people are learning and want to improve from their mistakes. So, good thing to see. But, we, uh, like you said, you know, Arsenal-Wolves game, you know, being cancelled. I think it would have been a lovely game to have played again. Probably would have added more pressure on the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool since both of them seem to have dropped points this weekend which is excellent, I mean, that weekend um, yesterday and the day before. So it would have been excellent for us, Man United as well, you know, dropping points against Newcastle. So even if I think if they win both games in hand, they won't go above us. So just Spurs at the moment, who seems to be, you know, getting the points as they go along. But even though they drop points against was it Southampton as well. Yeah, and I mean, it looks Southampton lost the play in the first half. Went down to 10 and then they were like trying to Breaks on Hampton down, but I mean, they ended up, uh, you know, holding firm. Um, you know, with regards to these catch-up games also, I think it's going to come also thick and fast now. You've got now, um, look, next week we've got now the what was it, FA Cup games also coming up, like in a week going into the 6th and 7th of January. So I think I think there are certain teams that are also under panic now, because especially now when you've got, say, like that, 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 uh, Contingent that leaves for African Nations Cup, the various teams there, they have uh, reps going. Uh, they're also going to have, you know, like heavy weather, with, especially if you're depending a lot on these players, like as you said earlier on in the podcast with Mane and Salah, because Liverpool, but for those two, they're not really a team that, I mean, okay, sometimes Jota's, uh, you know, he blows hot and cold. I mean, of course, against us, he's always blowing hot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can actually see that they do labor when they don't have that sort of. Uh, you know, those target many in the team. Yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how Liverpool can come up with because, you know, they don't have the easiest of fixtures as well. I mean, one of their games are against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. I mean, if I just go into their game, they play us as well in the EFL Cup, which is also going to be, you know, how do they, how do they rotate players there because they, they're players that maybe would have started in the EFL Cup as you start now in Premier League clashes as well. I mean, they, they play, so they play Chelsea. I mean, then we play them the six, weird, we play them on a Thursday night, actually. Um, so it's Chelsea, then Liverpool, we play them, and then we play them 
Oh, they play Brentford, Crystal Palace, Leicester. So there's not too 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 much tough games, but Arsenal are sandwiched in between an FA Cup tie, you know. So wonder also what's going to be their thinking there when we come up against them um, next week Thursday. Yeah, but also don't forget, look, Brentford aren't really pushovers because I mean, look at even you know uh, Man City were at the break of sweat to really you know see them off yesterday with that one nil uh, um, game. So I mean, Brentford can be a real pain in the backside to to break down because I mean something that that Pep said. I think it's some. I hope Arsenal were listening also because they were asking him about you know breaking down Brentford over the period because Brentford are so tough and resilient, and he actually said. He, the, the, the one order he gave his team also into this game yesterday was don't give him uh, corners and don't also give him any, you know, a possibility of a long throw in when they're close to the goal. So I think from what uh, what he said, I mean, I didn't really follow the stats of the game, but he was actually saying in the second half they saw to it that uh, they had no, what was it, no corners in the second half. And they were just giving him throw-ins from... Almost like the middle of the pitch, and that, or not too close to the goal to launch a long throw in. So, I mean, for me, clever tactic to play a team like Brentford like that. Yeah, well, well, we're probably going to have to scare Pep with a few long throws to take them on New Year's Day. You know, <laughs> it's going, not, not going to be an easy affair at all. I mean, you know, we, uh, we've almost failed our, all our additions against the top six at the moment. I think barring against um, Tottenham. But, yeah. um, yeah, Man City, it's, uh, I know you don't like uh, me using this phrase, but I think it's going to be kind of a, a, a pretty hit, you know, where um, Arsenal don't have anything to prove. I think it's just to their fans to show that they can compete, you know, even if they lose 1-0, 2-1, 2-0, but compete for large periods of the game, you know, as long as we don't come there again at the way we did against Liverpool, where they kind of just pushed us aside quite convincingly. But, yeah, hopefully Arsenal can come back a bit stronger. I think there's no Thomas party, so we're going to probably have to, you know, find who's going to have to work with Shaka. Is it going to be Almeni? Or is it easy to kind of cautious for a game like this? Are you going to need a guy that can also drive the team forward against City? I mean, my biggest issue um, with regards to that is, you know, with, with, based on the squad now, I just think to myself, you know, Man City is a type of team, you go toe-to-toe with them, they're going to play out of the water. You try to sit deep against them, you're going to, you know, also get the ass whooping from them. So my take is just, you know, just frustrate them because, uh, you know, I'm not just going on to, you know, the head-to-heads now with, with, with regards to players. Uh, you've got Kyle Walker, who's, you know, very influential. Okay, he's now missing through uh, COVID. Um the other thing is, if you can keep Cancelo quiet, because for me, he's probably one of the players in the Premier League. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, he's somebody I didn't really take note of, you know, a while back, even before he joined City. And you watch him play, and it's sort of confident. I mean, he can hurt you as a right back, he can hurt you as a left back. And then, you know, the minute you start giving that freedom of the, of the you know, the, 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 the almost like a running track with the right backs or the left backs, normally like he runs. If you give him that freedom, he's going to hurt, he's going to destroy, he can destroy by himself, or he's setting up other people. And I, th- I think for me, going to the game where I'm almost like somewhat, somewhat relieved is like, you know, Rodri is also now out with COVID. So, I mean, I just hope, because I mean, he's always coming with these <laughs> bottle rocket shots that fight yeah. off into the net. Now he, 
he manages, but I mean, he ends up always doing that. So I just hope that, you know, that's the type of thing that, that can also give us a, a slight edge. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not really expecting that much because, you know, with Man City, if they feel like, you know, tonk, giving you tonk, they're going to do it. Because, I mean, until I think we, we see that sort of, almost like a consistent maturity by Arsenal as a team, then, because I think we still have that sort of lapses where you can sh- see that we have, you know, a little bit of vulnerability. Like, sometimes you saw, uh, say, Ben White or Thomas Party giving, almost like that sort of reckless back passes that gets kind of intercepted, but somehow manages to get covered by Ramsdale or Gabriel. And the other thing I also wanted to add was, I th- I'm not sure, I'm just double-checking also, even the listeners can double-check. It's like, I think Arsenal actually got permission from the Ghanaian FA to let party even I think play this game coming up another weekend. So I mean if we can at least keep it that that squad as stable as we can go for the city game. Because I mean I mean we I don't mind the rotating in the North London Derby somewhat or whatever but as long as you can keep that squad that has not seen us through some tough games if we can have that sort of unit playing against Man City, then I mean for me it's gonna be a good test. And I mean for me my only Take is also, you know, I want us to, you know, go toe to toe with him, but a sort of, you know, don't embarrass yourself, that type of thing. Yes, yes, it yes, goes yes, to yes, be yes, wrong yes. way. Like, I mean, I would, as much as I love a club, my, like my club winning, I mean, I would have taken that, that city game at the Etihad as a 2 0 defeat. But I mean, yeah. we ended up trying to, you know, be cocky, trying to be extravagant, and we ended up getting, you know, our asses handed to us. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it. Tough game, but I mean, I think it should be a, a real, real good test for Arsenal as a team. I, I think it'll be a good test, and I think you know whatever happens, happens that game. Like you said, you know, as long as we, you know, ninety after the ninety minutes, uh, it is held up. Uh, that's all we want and all we need. And I think also, like you know, also big up as you know, you know, want to uh, like uh, you know wrap up the podcast. Also to uh, you know, all the luck, also best wishes also to Albert uh, Stavenberg, Arsenal's assistant coach, who's now. Taking over training this past week in um, Arteta's absence. He's going to be in charge of the match on, on, on Saturday. So, I mean, you know, fingers crossed it, you know, he can, he may not, even Arteta in the, behind the scenes have somehow figured it some sort of, you know, tactical, I wouldn't say masterclass, but, you know, just something to all that, you know, that blue train at bay. Yeah, I know. Let's hope so. Hopefully, we're the ones that send them packing. Yeah. So, do you have anything to say before we head out? No, just to wish everybody well for the new year coming ahead. Yeah. So with that, guys, enjoy the match on Saturday. I hope it's going to be a positive one for us. Take care, stay safe over the new year. Enjoy. Bye. Bye, guys.